Good afternoon, welcome to the podcast of Lotus Eaters. This is episode 702 on today, the 21st of July, 2023. I'm your host, Harry, joined today by Carl. Hello. And our special guest, Andrew Lawrence. Hello. Hello, Andrew. And today we're going to be talking about, please just stop, just stop oil. We're also going to be talking about how things are going to get much worse and worse because we're going to have diversity judges now. Excellent it's idea. not just that. Well, there's more to it, but that's a, that's a big one in my mind. Imagine getting operated on by a, a diversity hire surgeon. No. Yeah. No. Sorry. That's, I, that, that's, that's I, a sleep I don't imagine waking up from. Yeah, well, you and many other people. Yeah, and then we're also going to talk about how the woke coalition just keeps fracturing and the flailing to try and keep it together is quite pathetic. And uh, before we get into that, is there anything you'd like to say, Andrew, being a special guest? Uh, nothing to chip in at this point, but uh, yeah, sounds like uh, plenty to talk about. Got anything to promote? Uh, I've got, uh, yeah, I'm in Swindon tonight. Uh, 21st of, <laughs> there you uh, go. July. Yeah, might as well give that a mention. Um, yeah, the 21st of uh, July, Friday tonight, twenty and uh, uh, 7.30 p.m. start. And uh, you guys are coming along, are you? Is that right? Uh, I actually can't. This is like oh, the okay. this. No, no. I actually can't because me and my wife can't find a babysitter. Uh, oh, dear. But but this is weird because normally uh, for the past like three years when you've done shows in Swindon, me and my wife have gone. But it was before like I knew you, so you didn't know who I was or just sat in the audience or whatever. And so you you after you've been cancelled, yeah. you're doing your show. And uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird that I actually can't go to your Swindon show this time. <laughs> That's a shame. Sadly, I I can't either. I'm really sorry. This wow. is. Don't, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Be, I think some people from the office are. I'm driving back up north. Is the thing, so I can't make it. But anyway, before it gets any more awkward, it sounds like if you want to come, there'll be a few, a few seats that had been allocated for. In Andrew's defence, this show's all really good. Oh yeah, you know, me and more office just go just because we were fans. You know, it's it's just we honestly we can't get babysitters. No, I get it. It's fine. I know where I stand. I should never have brought it up in the first place. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um, Thanks, Harry. Anyway, let's let's move on, shall we? Let's get started. So, um, uh, can just stop oil, please stop. Anybody, please stop. Their pensions allow them to do what they're doing. Their pensions and their parents' money. Yeah. So, just stop oil, like all of the other activist climate groups that we have in England, make themselves a constant nuisance, especially when it's summer because it's nice and sunny outside. Well, it's not been sunny for the past week, but no, it's where's nice and sunny clothes? outside. No, no, yeah. I know where you were going with that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into it. But we all know where we're going with that, because climate change has made it so that summer in England is no longer sunny, no longer but warm, they've been, they've been very going on rainy. All week. Like the BBC weather surface is like, ah, oh, this is the hottest temperature in world history. And it's like, it's like 15 degrees outside and it's raining. You yeah, know? and they've changed all the maps, all the weather maps, oh, yeah. even, even if it's a, a pretty cool temperature. Yeah. It's a scorching red color on yeah. the map, and um, now it's the same color as a nuclear inferno. It's yeah. like, like brilliant. It still doesn't make it feel any warmer when I actually step outside, though. No, and when I was covering some of this with Josh yesterday uh, for, for some of the stuff we were doing, and he told me that by the end of our discussion, I would be dead uh, because of climate change. So I'm actually dead right now, just to yeah. make it clear for everybody. But everybody knows that Just Stop Oil constantly gets terribly, terribly bad press, and uh, one of the things that they have terribly bad press on is the fact that everybody hates them. Yeah. Even lo- liberal lovies from London absolutely despise Just Stop Oil. Even cyclists <laughs> are annoyed. Who, who aren't really just... inconvenienced by them at all because you can just ride around them. No, even cyclists absolutely despise Just Stop Oil. So just for a quick catch-up on what they've been up to, this was a, 
situation where a cyclist rode up to a bunch of Just Stop Oil activists back earlier on this year in London and said, I'm a liberal London and I hate you, which is a nice recognition uh, from this person that everybody hates him. Yeah, I was going to say, you may as well look, go up to them and be like, look, I'm part of the problem and I still hate you, okay? Yes. Yeah, so. How much cycling does he do? He looks like he's got all the gear. He's one of those people with all the paraphernalia, but he looks like it doesn't come out of the garage more than once a year. Oof. But now he's got it on and he's, uh, he's out on his bike. I thought, do you know what? I'll have a little stop and a chat with these people. I was trying to blow off steam on a cycle, but now I'll, I'll take some of my frustration out on the on these guys, they seem to have a lot of time on their hands with their high-vis jackets. He looks like he's got a lot of frustration pent up as well, doesn't he? Yeah. And that's the life of a cyclist, surely. At this point, the only cyclist I would imagine who would support Just Stop Oil is Jeremy Vine. And he is the worst cyclist in all of London. But uh, just, just for a reminder of what they've been up to, so three Just Stop Oil members earlier this year threw orange powdered paint over a sustainable garden at the Chelsea Flower Show, uh, and the crowd screamed and labelled them morons. I mean, it's a... <laughs> Apparently, it's a sustainable garden. So why they're attacking the projects that support them, I've no idea. But there'll be more of that as we go on. Uh, one woman was branded a hero when she took it upon herself to hose down the trio, who were later arrested on suspicion of criminal damage. Then later on, rugby fans attended a, a Gallagher Premiership final between Sail Sharks and the Saracens, took a similar approach when two Just Stop Oil members invaded the pitch, turned on the protesters and showered them with beer, while the sail in England flanker Tom Curry went so far as to grab the jeans of one protester. If I scroll, there might be a picture. There was an excellent picture I saw. <clears throat> yeah, you don't want to go and try and tackle a bunch of rugby players, no. in my experience. They're quite built lads. Ah, I mean, just of all of the people on earth to go and tackle, a rugby player is not one of them? No, there was a wonderful image that I saw of uh, one of these people being literally carried by his britches off, <laughs> off the pitch, <laughs> but it doesn't appear to be in this in this article. Uh, and then there's a lot of stuff that they've been going on with more recently, which I'll cover in a moment. First, though, I'd like to draw everybody's attention to the website where, as always, we have wonderful work that we do, including videos, this epoch, some very recent epochs from the other day, 16th of July, where Bo was talking about Black Wednesday with Dan. Now, you often appear on epochs. I do. Carl. So uh, what, how would you describe epochs and how Bo, Bo's approach in his atmosphere of well, the show? Well, it's really good. And it, I mean, it's a history show. So, and because we have the new studio now, there's no particular time limit. So we've been talking for like two or three hours at a time about historical events. Yeah. I actually don't know anything about Black Wednesday. So I, I, in fact, isn't this when George Soros shorted the pound, ruined our economy and made millions of pounds? I think this is. I believe so. I mean, somehow he's still that's not George banned. George Soros there, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Somehow he's still not banned from this country. But anyway. Well, doing so would be anti-Semitic. That's <laughs> what I'm told by people on Twitter. Yes, but here's some of the stuff that's been going on recently. I'll be coming back to this article because it's got some more specific information. But essentially, the other day, on Wednesday, the group Just Stop Oil, they went out and targeted five locations in the capital, resulting in pedestrians pushing them into the road. And Sky Sports, Chris Kamara, oh no, not Chris Kamara. I don't he, know who he is. He got delayed. He's, uh, let, me, let me see. I think his tweet is in here somewhere about how he was delayed. You'll recognize the picture of him. I've completely forgotten. I'm enjoying the pictures of people kicking just up oil. <laughs> There'll be more of those. There he <laughs> is. Do you not? No. I don't no. even watch Sky Sports or anything, and I know who this is. There's a lot. There's like 
compilations of him flubbing his lines oh, right. on screen constantly. Oh, what was he delayed for? What was the what was his? Oh, because uh... just stop oil got in the way. Presumably, they were being beaten right in front of him. And even if they, <laughs> even <laughs> if they were, and he stopped to watch. <laughs> yeah, even if they were out of the way, he stopped to have a little gander. Yeah. Here's a nice image that Daily Mail have mocked up showing all of the places in London. Now, if you ask me, if you live in London, get what you deserve. Yes. And you should begin to expect this at this point. But still, it must be very frustrating. So it began with them targeting the Department for Energy Security for net zero. With <laughs> They constantly wow. go for all of these places which mm. are ostensibly on their side. They, they don't go to like some sort of North Sea oil processing plant or something, do they? Well, I believe the reason was that the security uh, Department for Energy Security and Net Zero had just given out 100 licenses for new gas and oil projects. Right. Okay. So they were doing things that might actually be useful for right, the energy yeah. security of this country. Yeah. Can't have that. Therefore, no, we can't be having that. Uh, and uh, so far, the Metropolitan Police had been called to other events in the capital at Marlborough Road, Parliament Square, Westminster Bridge, Victoria Street, and on Vauxhall Bridge Road. All cases, police issued 12, uh, Section 12 notices to demonstrators. So they've actually been arresting them before um, before this can happen to them. Mm. I, I hate to keep bringing that up, but it is. I don't feel much sympathy for No, not people. at all. I don't care. You, you bring this on yourself. Not at all. They, yes, they, they absolutely do. One of the funnier incidents that happened when this whole thing was going on, because like I say, this happens every few weeks now. In fact, I, think, I believe in London, it's a constant stream mm. of just stop oil and other environmental protests. I will say, at least it's not as bad as back in 2021 in the summer when Extinction Rebellion were still the big ones. These these uh, organizations seem to have swapped themselves out year on year. It's going to be the same people. Oh, yes, involved. absolutely. It will. But it was Extinction Rebellion, then it was Insulate Britain, and now the big one is Just Stop Oil. And I think Just Stop Oil have got the have got the formula right because they get a lot of media press attention from it, and they also have a diabolically stupid name. <laughs> so it keeps them yeah. in the press. It does feel like people are getting braver about tackling them as well. It feels like the... Violence is escalating a little bit against them, which p- potentially, possibly, their aim. I mean, it's you know, if, which if, we don't um, endorse. Just no, just we do say. not endorse, but it is funny. No, I'm not saying it, run them down wherever you see them. If okay. The police aren't going to do their job. It's um, you know, someone has to, I suppose. But it, it's uh, it does feel like more and more they're encountering violence, and you think, well, where does this this is going to keep escalating? And if the police don't get a grip on this situation, or or find. Uh, some way to to um, to take charge, then then um, it's uh, yeah. There's going to be some. Uh, it's going to escalate to a point where where um, some regrettable things start happening. I think well, at the moment is is still quite amusing and funny, but yeah, I know. always like seeing middle class people getting kicked a bit. <laughs> but the the thing yeah. is, like the police tend to arrest the people who are kicking them rather than dragging these people off the road, don't they? It's just like. Yeah, it's difficult. I, I, it it seems to um they seem to veer from from one side to the other. There seems seems to be occasion where they make a, a spectacle of arresting, or, or uh, seem to be quite um, disciplinary towards the uh, just stop oil protesters, and then they make and other occasions they seem to be dragging the you know the motorists off them and, and irate uh, irate people trying to get to work and to hospital appointments. But there doesn't seem to be any clear strategy. I would say. Um, well, it all appears very performative as far as I'm concerned. The police and these protesters are all on the side of the same people, or at least the police are working for the people who want all of the exact same things as Just Stop Oil. Just Stop Oil to me seems to be 
Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you looked into it. And this is just speculation on my part and found a lot of funding from dodgy sources, from the sorts of people who are probably also funding government parties, you could say. Um, so they're all working towards the same thing to generate some kind of manufactured consent so that they can go see, we're just doing what the people want, the people as represented by a bunch of time-wasting OAPs. Because that's the thing, with the when they start to tackle these people, you've got to be very careful when you tackle a Just Stop Oil protester. Not that I condemn, condone it as well. I do condemn it. Because otherwise, if you don't go for the one young person in the crowd, it is tantamount to elder abuse. To be honest with Look you, I think people. you're making a good point there. <laughs> do, do, is it possible that this is just a kind of case of um, boomer Facebook radicalization? Like is this got, the QAnon of the left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The QAnon of the left, where they've just spent all their time in the particular Facebook groups. So like, by the way, your grandchildren are about to explode. Don't you think you should do something about it? And they're like, good point. I better go sit in the road and piss people off. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. And they are quite old, aren't they? If you look at them. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know if we can zoom in. Zoom in. We probably can't zoom in, but you can see old person, yeah, yeah. old person, old person, old person, old person. Get off Facebook, Grandpa. Oh wait, there we go. Thank you, John. John's. Yeah, they're all old. I don't know if that's their grandchildren that that person is tackling right there. But otherwise, you are liable to break someone's hip. Yeah. If you do this to anyone, if you're not picking your targets. So is this partly a disease of retirement? Then is it people wanting some sort of purpose now that they, they they don't have uh, they, they don't have a job to go to anymore? They want to give them their lives some meaning, and this yeah. is it. Well, it's all very self sabotaging, and um, and and um, on no occasion more than when they're they're allowed to open their their mouths and uh, and talk about what they believe and um. It's one thing them ruining everyone's day with in the middle of the road. It's another thing when they start talking. You think, all right, you really don't have any idea what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, John's yeah. just having some fun scrolling through here. At the, I just want to, yeah. I just want to highlight this image. This is the moment that this gentleman knew he'd made a mistake. <laughs> the second you get a proper Brexit geezer. <laughs> stepping your way. Oh, he looks like he's had a bad day already and yeah, he looks really like does, he's waiting he? to take it out on someone. That's a white van man who's been held up for far too long. But yeah. speaking of some of the funny things that happened, one of the best things that happened was that a bunch of people just decided to wear, show up wearing their own custom-made just-stop-pissing-people-off shirts and <laughs> surround them before they could get to the road. Genius. It is, it is quite genius, uh, but this, this... I love that there is a counter-activist movement, though, against Just Stop Oil. So we're just sick of you sitting in the road. So and they're, they're a lot younger as well. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're going to go to the effort of actually printing up <laughs> T-shirts and organising to stop yeah. you from pissing everyone off. It's yeah. a head, heady mix of students and old people there, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's what the... <laughs> It's a heady mix of people with a lot of time on their hands. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but if I just play and this... And also do it out of desperation, because this government does not have our best interests at heart. Quite the opposite. It is determined to go through with over 100 new fossil fuel licenses. And that's our future. That's everyone's future. Yours as well as ours. And the people have children too. And, you know, it's, it's not just my generation. It's every single people. I think that's... More than enough of that. So you can hear the accent. White woman talking, just very, very <laughs> posh. When you find yourself, <laughs> just I don't want to hear. It. You find yourself in the situation where you're having to negotiate with the counter activist groups. Please, please let us sit on the road. But, I mean, look at look at the ethnic homogeneity of the Just Up Oil protesters. Mm. Like, it's just remarkable. It's middle class retired English people. Meanwhile, they've got get a job. 
Meanwhile, they've got hands across America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the diversity is just like, no thanks. This is the one thing that can bring all of the races together, hating <laughs> climate activists. Yeah. And uh, once again, it, it is important that people actually try and stop these people doing these things because as much as, once again, I think it's all performative, I think it's, essentially, I think it's a psyop so that the government can point to something and say the people want this. Uh, they, I think these people are genuinely delusional. Oh, no, I, I think they are as well. I think the people are roped into it because they're genuinely delusional, but the people organizing it in the first place... Well, yeah, I, they're I, commies. Yeah, are all a bunch of communist grifters. But these people do try and block bridges. They try and block major infrastructure across London, which can end up hurting people. What I was mentioning earlier was in 2021, they had the Extinction Rebellion protests across all of London throughout August, which was essentially just a gigantic party. That those people threw. I like the, the Extinction Rebellion's like, oh no, we're going to go extinct in the future. It's like, have you looked at the birth rates? I mean, Can't yes. possibly mm-hmm. talk about that. <laughs> you know, the, there's so the many worse Rebellion things. coming out in favor of great replacement theory. Perhaps maybe that's what it was all about <laughs> this whole time. Well, to me, it, it, just, uh, it just feels like they're, um, they've taken the maxim, all publicity is good publicity, too far. And they've really bought into that because... The publicity they get is always self-defeating, and and surely there must be so many people who are quite committed to environmental causes that see this going on, and it really puts them off, and and uh, yeah, and uh, distant they want to distance themselves from the whole thing. So I, I, it seems incredibly self-defeating, but and then you do get into the territory of thinking, well, this is so self-sabotaging and self-defeating. Is that could that possibly be their intention? And they, <laughs> well, you're lost in a, a real uh... the left ever since all of these protest movements started happening and how disruptive they were you had once again Extinction Rebellion jamming up the entirety of London for a few weeks you had Insulate Britain not just blockading bridges and places in London but you had them blockading the M25 and other parts of the motorways across England now you've got them doing this and they've been doing this for months and months and months on end since the beginning of the year some people on the left do believe that it is a um, psyop to prevent people from supporting activist environmental causes and to allow the government to create consent for the anti-protest bills that they've been putting forward and passing, the ones that make it illegal for anybody to protest and if the government says that you can't. There might be some truth to that, but I think there's some truth to what Carl is saying as well, which is that these are just a bunch of bored old people who've been radicalized for, from spending too much time on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's making me vaguely pro-oil, to be honest. I've always been. I've never, I've never really thought about it. I too support Italians. <laughs> Very oily people. <laughs> the casual anti-Italian racism for some reason. Why not? Just throw some out there. We're British. It's what we're here for. Uh, and, then they st- and then they started targeting government buildings as well. So they committed gr- criminal damage. Okay, now they're getting me back on side. Well, yeah, that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? Grant Shapps, uh, some government person, says that uh, what they need to do is they need to be charged with criminal damage for spray painting some government buildings. Once again, they spray painted the energy building, net zero building. Uh, Keir Starmer has been told that he has to pay for damage caused by these just stop oil protests. Why is it his fault? Uh, Well, uh, Grant Shapps wrote to Keir Starmer demanding that he pays for the damage done to the building for Department for Energy Security. He noted that the Labour Party has accepted 1.5 1.5 million in donations from one of Just Stop Oil's biggest donors, oh, Dale Vince. Right. So that's where the connection comes there. And okay. I think it's interesting briefly to just make a note of this, which is that, once again, these organizations, they're not able to just pop up out of nowhere. They mm. have to have 
benefactors to them. They have to have money behind them. Sometimes that can be the money of the people who are at the forefront of the movement. Sometimes it can be from people who are the uh, who who have different motivations and different yeah. things going on. For instance, this guy is that Dale Vince person. He says, "I don't want to influence. I I do want to influence par- policy, but not by buying access, which is why I throw millions of dollars at the party." But I mean, like everyone else does it. Why wouldn't you? And obviously, that's what you're doing. If you're donating millions of pounds to the party in the hopes of influencing party but these uh, policy but these two things aren't connected to one another at all you're lying as far as i'm concerned he said speaking before the prime minister's comments vince the founder of ecotricity told the guardian that the abuse mudslinging mudslinging and massive fabrications he had faced would not stop stop him bankrolling causes close to his heart i give money to extinction rebellion as well and to animal rising the people that disrupted the grand national I've also given money to Greenpeace, to Sea Shepherd, to a women's refuge in Stroud. I fund food banks. I give jobs to homeless people. I'll also give money to the Green Party, the Lib Dems, everyone that's trying to do some good in the world. So it always comes back to the money. Last week, Vince brushed off Tory attacks by by announcing that he would match any money given to Just Stop Oil for 48 hours. That stunt raised Just Stop Oil £340,000. So they can go out. So much. I know. So they can go out and disrupt necessary infrastructure in the middle of London. Thank you very much for that one, Dale Vince. Very cool. And along with people like him, you also have people like the Climate Emergency Fund in Los Angeles. A foreign money coming in from America. To fund fund insufferable activists. Yes. Very interesting how that all works out there. Started with a £500,000 donation from Eileen Getty, the granddaughter of Jean-Paul Getty, the founder of the Getty Oil Company. Ms. Getty's family ties to oil have caused some controversy, but she has never been involved with the industry herself. So once again, all of these money ties are the yeah. sorts of things that cause the left to say this is oil psyops so that they can get more people on side for the projects that they're doing in the government, mm. or also so that they can get people on side for the passing of these protest bills. I don't know if there's much truth to that exactly. That's speculation on my part, but it is interesting to see where the money is coming from. Uh, and they... Along with the government buildings, they did some more government buildings. They did the think tanks. Good. Not the think tanks. No, sorry, I'm supposed to say bad to that. Oops. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, it was yeah. uh, They painted Policy Exchange, the think tank HQ. If you remember Policy Exchange, when we had Calvin on, they were the people who put yeah. forward that report about how people should just take Afghan refugees into their homes. Yeah. Because mm. the hotels can't fund them anymore. So, uh, sorry, Policy Exchange. I'm not going to be shedding any tears over you guys. And uh, <laughs> we had this hilarious response from Sebastian Payne. This is both dumb and disgraceful. Policy exchange is an important part of the Westminster think tank scene. Like it's some art scene. I love the Westminster think tank scene. This is the Andy Warhol of the Westminster think tank scene. I can only assume. Very artistic. Uh, (laughs) Kunli Drukpa, of course, saying, do the Adam Smith Institute next. I do not support this. I do not condone this, but it would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what have we got next? And then there's, there's some more stuff, like all of the footage coming from people who, once again, just get very frustrated and uh, decide to take the law into their own hands. This is a particularly brutal one. Here we can see if you're not watching, if you're listening, there is a man who's got out of a car. He's just been in the fender bender as the Just Stop Oil protesters go in. We can assume that the Just Stop Oil protesters being in the center of the road, Carl is laughing at a man getting his head quite literally (laughs) kicked in. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. Well, yeah. He, he, He's got pushed over a bit. He, well, he got pushed over and then kicked in the head. So yeah. I won't, not, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look that bad. I won't condone it, but yes, it doesn't look that bad. 
So you can see he's been in a bit of a car accident. So yeah. I can assume that them being walking in the middle of the road had something to do with it. Yeah. Causing this man great anger. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, it's, it's been around a lot, that clip, hasn't it? And, and that's, the, that's the worry is that that's, uh, that's reaction is, uh, becomes normalized. If people, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty borderline. It's free. It's, it's, he's had a fair old go at him. <laughs> I think, uh, if people start reacting uh, reacting like that or taking things further than that, it's uh, it's a worry. Um, but there again, you know, maybe that's... <laughs> and he's trying to be all magnanimous <laughs> here. Oh, well, it's a worry if people no, start getting uh, beaten in the street, Carl. <laughs> there's it, there's a little bit of both. He's he's gone in quite hard, but also the other guy's throwing himself down like a Premier League footballer. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's still it immediately enters fetal position as well. It's still too much, you know, and and um, yeah. I, I, to, to be honest, I can't. He, he can't really get on board with either side. He he seems like a genuine. Uh, yeah, he seems nasty like a piece case. of work. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't punch the protesters. Don't, don't punch <laughs> the protesters. Just shout at them. Yeah, Make well, them the, stop yeah. as you're cycling by and tell dragging them, them out of the road is one thing, isn't it? Drag yeah. them out of the road, you know. But... Ramping them is another. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and the the person who it happened to, uh, he gave some testimony for the Just Stop Oil Twitter account, right. where he speaks in a very posh accent. As of course you, he does. Of course he does. Imagine. Yeah, of course. And, um, and I, I mean, I, I feel sad because, well, I can say personally, I don't, I haven't. I don't know where. It's not even an English accent. Yeah, that sounds like a strange accent. I don't know where he gets mm. that accent from. To be fair to the kid, I'll be fair to the kid, right? He says he holds no hard feelings against that person who lamped him Good. because he can understand how frustrating it must have been, especially because <laughs> he was in a car crash. That, it is some sort of EU flag. Uh, they, they, some strange flag. they often come across the same way when they're being interviewed. Every single one, they all seem like they've had the privilege of a very good education that's had absolutely no impact on them whatsoever that they've had they, they've been able to take absolutely nothing away from I just I just love that he's like yeah well we are really annoying I probably did have it coming I can hardly blame the guy you know he should have given yeah. the extra one just on yeah the... really that's your position on it is it mate okay fair enough yeah. yeah and unsurprisingly just from what you mentioned if we go back to this article that we were at earlier he was called Daniel Nor, 21 Oxford student there we go. There we go. As okay. you would expect. Yeah. Previously gained notor notoriety after being carried off the pitch at Lords by England cricketer, cricketer Johnny Bairstow. Actually, this was the image that I was thinking of. I think it's on here. Yes, here he is being carried off the cricket pitch by a cricket player, <laughs> thinking that he has succeeded in doing something. Something. He is a biochemistry student who was arrested in April as well for trying to scale and cover Dippy the, Dip uh, Dippy the Diplodocus with orange powder at a Coventry gallery, said he bore no ill will towards his attacker. How generous and how kind. <laughs> I just think it's amazing how he can understand just how insufferable he is. Well, I mean... <laughs> yeah, he still not, does it. This probably is not the first time he's been punched square in the face, I hate to say. Um, so you probably get used to it after a while and start to sympathize with the people doing it. <laughs> <laughs> sympathize well. with it. I can't <laughs> Okay, yeah. But yeah, there we go. That's uh, what Just Stop All have been up to recently. Just as insufferable as ever and bringing just as much bad press on themselves as <laughs> ever. Amazing. Can I take this? Yeah, you can take that as well. Does this work? Good. Yes, um, it does. Right, so... Um, it always works. Something a bit less funny that I thought we'd cover is 
that things are about to get just really worse, actually. And you're going to find yourself in situations where you think, well, hang on, how did this happen? Don't we have systems in place that prevent uh, people who aren't necessarily the best and brightest from flying a plane or operating on me after I've been injured or something like that, defending the country maybe? And the answer is no, no, because we have diversity uh, and therefore the standards have to come down. Uh, but before we begin, go and watch our latest symposium on the linguistic subversion of wokeness, uh, because of course it is, as it says on the thumbnail there, a sort of conceptual psyop, which is why we need to now start suddenly lowering all the standards. Uh, so let's begin with California, because why wouldn't we begin with California, right? So California's State Education Board uh, voted to adopt a new and much debated maths framework on Wednesday concluding a years-long process that is going to make mathematics learning in California much worse than before. Why not, right? The thousand-page framework aims to put meaning-making at the center of the maths classroom, promoting a focus on problem-solving and applying maths knowledge to real-world situations. It also encourages students, uh, teachers to make maths culturally relevant and accessible to all students, especially students of color, They've been traditionally marginalized on the subject. You feeling good about this? It's, uh, you know, what, <laughs> it's always the way what starts off in, uh, yep. in the US comes here. Um, and of course, there are, there are many worries for anyone who's got kids at school. Oh, yeah. It begins in and, California and it ends up here. That's uh, exactly right. The yeah. California to UK pipeline. Yeah. You know, and, and it's uh, you know, you, if you're a parent looking to send your your uh, children to sc to a school somewhere, you've got enough things to be thinking about, and enough uh, enough criteria you're judging schools, and now you have to find out whether they <laughs> what their their agenda is with this kind of stuff. And um, well, uh, L Linda Darling Hammond, the president of the California State Board of Education, will tell us. In fact, she'll say. The United States has not been teaching math effectively or equitably. We are one of the lower achieving countries, and California is below the national average on its achievement in mathematics. This is a an area of great need and change is imperative. The same old, same old will not get us to a new place. Uh, and so they, of course, are teaching social justice in the math class. Uh, they, they say, I mean, literally... Um, the maths class uh, could be a venue to discuss social justice themes or solutions to public policy problems. Such an orientation towards social justice has faced sharp criticism from some members of the maths community. There is a maths community now. Uh, in an open letter in 2021, over a thousand signatories, many of them maths and science professors and business professionals, outlined pieces of a prior draft of the framework that they said would politicize the subject in a potentially disastrous way. While some of these aspects have been revised, the focus on social justice remains throughout the document. Thank God. Social justice through mathematics. So, so this will be um, in the source of, because I, I am aware of his work through what James Lindsay has highlighted in the past. Mm. This will be the, J, the Paolo Frieri method of trying to teach maths, won't it? Where it's, Quite possibly. Okay, if a billionaire has two billion and then adds another two billion on top, yeah. how many billions has he stolen from the proletariat? <laughs> how much climate change do we have? Yeah, it's, it's literally that. And so in Massachusetts, uh, they've decided, you know what, we could just cancel maths because it's racist. Actually, um, <laughs> big math support for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cambridge school public schools have begun phasing out advanced maths courses in grades six through eight around 2017. In fact, started 
uh, when district officials noticed sharp racial disparities in the program. Is that math's fault, though? Mm. Could it be? I mean, there's, there's, mm. there's two factors I can think of, of how teaching goes. One is the student and one is the teacher. Mm. So maybe one of those is failing and not the concepts of maths altogether. <laughs> well, students who are being placed in the advanced maths track were overwhelmingly white and Asian, if you can believe that. I can. And uh, the lower level courses were filled primarily with black and Latino students. I can also believe that. Yeah. And uh, so the parents are going to have to hire private maths tutors, uh, which of course actually exacerbates inequality mm. because only some of the parents can afford that. So talented students who would be able to do this are now not allowed to do this because of <laughs> economic inequality. I mean, that's what this always comes down to, isn't it? It just takes those people who would be the cream of the crop and shoves them down back into the mire with everyone else. Yeah, but uh, that's racial equality for you. We can only do these things when, you know, it, it, when things are going well economically and, and socially, you can, these things can creep in, but children have uh, spend so little time at school anyway, increasingly less time. You know, I think my, a lot of kids and most kids in the UK is less than half a year and the rest of the time they're on holiday. The amount of the time that they have in school, if you take the focus away from maths and reading and writing, for those younger children, it's uh, it, it, it's so wrong and, and so evil, really, um, uh, and especially when you, when you you're using it to push this political agenda. But it's it's beyond schools. It's the same with businesses. If you're using your resources, taking on uh, you know uh, diversity officers and equality managers, that's uh, you know it, it's fine if your if your business is doing incredibly well, if you've got money to throw around. But it's a uh, it, it's an exercise in inefficiency. Um, well, I think I think you're actually right, uh, completely right. That in this particular case, I mean, what this is doing is literally retarding the education of children in order to achieve a political goal, mm -hmm. which is evil. You're absolutely right. This is decadent behaviour. Yeah, but let's let's carry on because um, for the sake of equality, uh, you've of course you've to become a teacher, you've got to pass an exam, and if you fail to pass the exam, then most people would have said, well, that's a you problem, right? The exam is the same for everyone. But it turns out in New York State, actually, it turns out it was racism that did it. And so a bunch of five, in fact, a bunch, 5,200 black and Hispanic uh, teachers or aspiring teachers who kept failing the teaching exam are going to collectively collect $1.8 billion in payouts. There's this one guy here getting $2 million because he failed an exam. Oh. And that's racist. I wonder how it was racist. Was there a spelling test where it asked you to spell a particular word? Is that what was going on here? And of course, it's not this guy that's negotiated that. Well, the, you know, the whole the, there are there are organisations of people taking a big cut of that one point eight billion. That, that's exactly right. In fact, let's let's watch a video of the guy because the guy clearly is not a fit to be a teacher, but obviously not in charge of what's happening here either. It was nice. The lady, um, the lawyer said it was very nice and. They knew I wasn't taking them serious <laughs> because um, I just wasn't taking them serious. You know, why would you send me letters and tell me about um, lawsuit? Because I know lawsuit either they go through or they won't go through. You know, from uh, reading, hearing news and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I know a couple of people that had, um, well, not in education, but they went through lawsuits and they didn't um, win or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So that's him talking about the lawsuit. 
Yeah. They were saying things so, I didn't yeah, I didn't believe them. <laughs> it's a bit difficult to decipher. Not, yeah. not the world's greatest communicator, right? Uh, so mm. I can see why he keeps failing this exam. I don't think it's racism that made him fail the exam. So anyway, these are the teachers of the future who are going to be teaching yeah. your children how to do mathematics. Uh, and uh, and it, goes, it gets worse as you go higher up the chain, of course. Uh, Peter Bogosian found this amazing, amazing uh, article in the uh, University of Chicago, right? Just listen to the abstract in this, right? In this article, I take on the question of how the exclusion of black American women from physics impacts physics epistemologies. I highlight the dynamic relationship between this exclusion and the struggle for women to reconcile black woman with physicist. I describe the phenomenon where white epistemic claims about science, which are not rooted in empirical evidence, receive more credence than atten- and attention than black women's epistemic claims about their own lives. To develop this idea, I apply an intersectional analysis, blah, 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 blah. It's like, right, what are you talking about? How does this, what does black women's epistemic claims about their own lives have to do with physics? The answer is, of course, nothing. It's got everything to do with social justice. Anyway, that was America. Let's come back to Britain. How do you fancy being judged by a diversity hire judge? Um, been falsely accused of a crime. You're white. Do I have time to say farewell to my family? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Uh, but the conservative government have decided that thousands more can apply to become judges under plans to expand diversity. New rules will see up to 4,500 more lawyers from diverse backgrounds, specifically racially targeted here, eligible to become judges under new plans announced by the government. How are they going to do that? Well, they're going to abolish the need to be qualified. Sorry. They, I know, right? They, they are so lit- right? Normally, you have to have some sort of legal qualification and something like seven years experience as uh, someone in the court mm. in order to become a judge. And they've just decided that the Chartered Legal the Institute of Legal Executive Lawyers just are not required to hold a university degree now and can gain their qualifications by working. You just don't, don't need one. Well, it's it's extraordinary. They can they can peddle this stuff without any kind of uh, recourse to rationality. Yeah. Uh, not, well, that this doesn't make sense at all. But of course, this is this is what we're doing. You know, this this is uh, entirely beyond all reason. But that that's, that doesn't matter. This is this is the right thing to do. <laughs> this is the it, conservative it, government. It's so, so clear to anyone you know aware that it's this this is going and reading about it. This is. <laughs> Recipe for disaster, and, yeah. and yet, oh, but don't say that because that's not very word virtuous of you. Um, well, <laughs> I know people who've studied law at university. I know two people, and they both were there in university for years and years and years. And I saw the amount of paperwork that some of them had to do. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The books mm. that you have to read, the level of case law that you have to go through, the fact that you have to go through all of this different bits of legislation. Did you know in the UK, just I, learn it on the job, mate. Oh yeah, oh so I slow on the so, job. Yeah, I'll do it on the night. <laughs> yeah. Just 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 no, but in in the UK alone we have I think it is twenty thousand pages worth of tax law. Yeah. I bet. Alone. I mean that makes perfect sense to me given how the state of our taxes. Yeah, but yeah. it's the fact that there is not enough time in most people's lifetimes <clears throat> to be able to read through and understand and yeah. comprehend all of that. And now these people are just gonna get it because they're darker than us. Yeah, that's that's literally I mean have you considered that, quote, 
The move will increase the number of judicial roles that legal professionals from underrepresented groups can apply for, better ref- reflecting modern multicultural 21st century Britain, Harry. Well, I mean, it, it, it will, broken <laughs> yeah, it falling will, yeah. apart. Yeah, will. Nobody yeah, understands yeah. what the hell is going on constantly. White people are at the bottom of the food chain. Then, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It will reflect that. Better. Yeah. Thank you. The legal system can stop functioning just like the rest of the country has stopped functioning, Harry. Brilliant. Yeah. And it already wasn't functioning that I can tell, but... Do you want to know what Justice Minister Mike Freer said? Oh, enlighten me. Again, I, I, bel- I mean, he's a conservative, right? So he says... That means quote, so little. I know, right? <laughs> he says, quote, we are striving to build a legal system that truly reflects the vast uh, the range of voices in our society. This change shows how important the broader legal profession is to our goal of breaking down barriers, average conservative, right, and boosting eligibility as we recruit more diverse judges. Just what are we doing? You can just smell the fear about these people, though, can't <laughs> you? You can you can feel them yeah. their bumhole twitching while they're writing <laughs> or saying this stuff. Oh, I, hope, I just want to keep my job. I just want to keep my job. And did they you say the right things? Did you see that post that's going around on Twitter recently of the um, leftists saying like I've read through all of this right wing work and I've just got onto Edmund Burke and it turns out that all conservatism and right wing thought is just trying to preserve hierarchy. Well, no, it isn't actually. In England, conservatism is just trying to do the left better. Yes, that is. My, my, my thing's about to run out of battery, so I'm going to have to use the... Oh, no. I know. going to have to adapt. I know. This is awful, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, in, in the uh, UK, previously... I appear to have clicked on something I shouldn't have clicked on. Oh, no. His battery's run out, and everything's going wrong. <laughs> Carl's battery has run out now. <laughs> no, it's not my battery, is that? Um, well, to your point about... Um, you know, the, the Conservatives trying to, to outdo the Labour Party was extraordinary. Keir Starmer came out a few days ago and said the Tories actually need to lower taxes and reduce public spending. Wow. Yeah, you what, know, you you know why that was? To tell us that. I know, it's because Tony Blair came out and said it in an interview on Peston. Yeah. And uh, Keir Starmer is just doing whatever Tony Blair will tell him to do. And to be perfectly honest, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's yeah, better yeah. than what we've got right now. Just, oh. Of course. I, hate the <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I just tacitly endorsed Tony Blair. I feel sick <laughs> to my stomach. But this is what modern Tories have done. Anyway, so previously, before the Conservatives decided that we didn't really need law and order, uh, you had to have five years of legal work and a relevant legal qualification as a barrister or solicitor. Uh, so that's gone. Don't worry about that. Anyway, moving on. How about medical schools? I mean, it's one thing being falsely convicted for something because you've got a diversity judge. It's another thing being operated on by a diversity surgeon, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, they start off with the uh, the jobs that are, you know, a more um, where, where the skills are, are slightly more difficult to define, and they yeah. they, they come for the very highly skilled, very definite. <laughs> Jobs where you really do need to know what you're doing. Well, as the New York Post here says, uh, how are medical schools most woke? Affirmative action. 100% of them have admissions policies and practices for encouraging a diverse class of students. Fully 85% have leaders who have used demographic data to promote change within their institution. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. In other words, medical schools are giving skin color and gender a consistently bigger emphasis in recruiting. This approach risks deprioritizing merit. Yeah, leading to a load of quality of medical students. Yes, it does. And uh, we actually have an example of this. Oh, no. Uh, have you ever heard of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. slash Drew Medical Center in Los Angeles? 
which operated for just over 30 years. Yeah, you know got, shut down in, got shut down in 2007 because people called it Killer King. Oh, um, <laughs> that's quite clever. This actually. is a great thread by Richard Hanania here, actually. Uh, so he says, here's the story of uh, MLK Jr. Hospital. Uh, the problems appeared right away. In 1975, the LA Times reported on horror stories implying neglect and incompetence. Employees were said to be drunk on the job or oh on drugs God. stolen from the hospital mm. pharmacy. Oh in a letter from a nurse God. in 1977, they gave it the moniker of Killer King. Nothing was done for decades. It took an LA Times report in 2004 to reveal how bad things had gotten. Uh, according to one accreditor, the hospital had problems of orders of magnitude that were substantially greater than almost all other hospitals in the country. Uh, this hospital had spent $20 million on malpractice payouts in five years, between 1999 and 2004. Uh, adjusting for the number of patients it saw, uh, this was the worst figure of any hospital in the entire state of California. Patients would come in with minor medical issues and end up dead. <laughs> like, I don't mean to wow. laugh, but like, what is going on, right? Locals would run away from ambulances in order not oh, to be brought to kill a oh king. Oh my God. Wow. Police officers had an understanding that if their colleagues were shot, they would not allow them to be taken there. Bloody hell. Why was nothing ever fixed? Well, that's the question, right? Uh, so you won't be surprised to learn, he says, that community activists denounced those who tried to do anything about the hospital as racists. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, this literally... It is I mean, the, it's it's go on, go on. The only the only explanation for all of these people dying in this hospital would be just out of spite, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm that racist. Ugh, yeah, I, I just hate this hospital uh, mm. for some reason. It's because because people in there are black. Uh, Maxine Waters organized a demonstration in 2004 that included Jesse Jackson, <laughs> and politicians were cowed in silence for decades. Finally, it was shut down in 2007. And uh, people stopped dying so much. So Maxine Waters, big fan of murderous hospitals. Yeah, she's good really she's really doing a good job there. Anyway, let's uh, go to the next one because uh, you feel like taking a flight. Uh, not with these two. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a racist, Harry. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I am. I'll admit it right now. <laughs> if that's what it takes to avoid getting in a helicopter the, piloted by these yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Last year, the New York Times were like, you know what? Uh, piloting is stubbornly monolithic. About 95% of airline pilots in the US today are male, and nearly as many are white. If mm. it works, mm. if it ain't broke. But the airlines are struggling to find enough pilots and to diversify a profession that's been very resistant to change. I would really rather this profession be really resistant to change. Like, I'm thinking about traveling to America later this year. I don't, I don't want the planes to just drop out of the sky. <laughs> and planes have a remarkable reliability rate. For now. Yeah, for now. That is, it literally is for now, right? Airlines have started to do more diversity. Uh, United recently launched a flight school with the aim of hiring thousands of pilots in the years ahead, at least half of them being women and people of color. Could they all just be good, please? Like, yeah, well, that's the worry. Is they don't, they, airlines don't have the resources to indulge in this sort of nonsense. And in, inevitably, the, the level of inefficiency is going to lead to, is, is going to cause accidents. You know, if yep. they, if they, if they could instigate long-term, you know, training training programs, um, you know, uh, to 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 kind of uh, to um, to cement their their diversity agenda, that's fine. But it's, everything's about fast tracking and and um, you know, tick, ticking boxes, regardless of of, of rationale and reason. Um, and you know, in an industry like that, that's it's just not where you want to hear it. It's right? gonna, gonna lead to a lot of deaths. It's just, just not where you want to hear it. I'll take yeah. the boat, thanks. Yeah, right. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that's gonna get 
far more diverse as well. But uh, ABC did another article uh, talking about this recently. Uh, well, actually, this was last year, but anyway. They say, uh, at the height of summer travel, as airlines brace for pilot shortage, because remember, a lot of them got fired for refusing to take the vaccine. Oh, yeah. Right. So there's a bunch of qualified, experienced pilots who are no longer flying. Um, the, uh, the, the, as I say, some airlines are making efforts to attract the next generation of pilots who have been historically excluded from the industry, women and people of color. Okay, great. Uh, commercial airlines are also pushing efforts towards diversity, including Delta Airlines, which launched the Delta Propel Career Path Program. The program offers an accelerated path to the flight deck for selected students across 13 universities around the US. Thank God. There's one thing I want is to cut corners and just shove them through without getting the proper experience. Like, that's brilliant. Also, it's, it's the sort of job where you, you'd like to think it was a vocation for people that they've always wanted to do it yeah. since they, they were a kid and it, it, it's something that uh, they're very committed to rather than the fact that they've seen an, an, an advert somewhere saying, oh, we're looking, we're, we're hiring people based on diversity. I thought, oh, there's, there's money there. This is an easy opportunity for me. It's not the sort of people who want flying planes. Yeah, yeah. The sort of people who got headhunted because they didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, at least with this, I can die happy, <laughs> can surrounded you? by people screaming as we <laughs> head further and further to closer to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking over me like, I told you diversity was a bad idea, didn't I? Yeah. Didn't I? Delta's commitment to developing a diverse workforce is, uh, that is reflective of the communities we serve domestically around and around the world is unwavering. <laughs> Brilliant. I just, I don't care about representation in pilots. I care about taking off and landing. All I want to hear from airlines about is, is safety and efficiency. Are you going to leave on time and arrive on time and am I going to arrive in one piece? I yeah. really don't need to hear anything else, public public statements. And if that's racist, airlines. so be it. And if they are issuing uh, public statements about anything else other than that, it's a cause for alarm. Yeah, um, it really is, isn't it? But what about the US Air Force? I mean, you know, you're only protecting your country. It's only China, Russia, yeah. You know, you've got to worry about. But uh, as Colonel Mark Wooten of the US AF Civil Air Patrol says, uh, we need to stop hiring middle-aged white people, especially dudes. It's only your country. What about dudes in dresses? Well, actually, that's a great question. What about dudes in dresses? Well, we have an answer to that because uh, a memo was leaked to the dossier uh, from the Department of Defense that goes into great detail on the topic of care of service members who identify as transgender. So they're going to get taxpayer-funded care, obviously, right? They will also receive a waiver for grooming and uniform standards, so they can go in purple hair if they want, right? They will also receive an indefinite waiver for physical fitness standards. The waiver often becomes a de facto permanent situation, and the transgender identifying service member just has to renew the exemption request every six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That image says it all. Yep. Uh, Service members who identify as transgender will be considered non-deployable for up to 300 days while taking hormones for their transition period, so they won't even have to go on deployments. Uh, again, given these hormones are required for life, this may render the transgender identifying service member as permanently unable to deploy. God, can you feel the standards dropping? So they're just there to fill in a place on a spreadsheet? Yes. <laughs> Don't you just feel defended? Don't you feel secure? I'm just looking forward to going to the hospital, getting on an airplane. 
Are you just convinced that your children are getting the best that can be provided at school? It's very difficult to trust any organisation or, or, or businesses who indulge us in this sort of thing because oh, yeah. it feels like you're not getting things done. You're not doing what you're, you're, <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing, the whole, you know, the, the nature of your business organisation. You're focusing on this... this uh, this uh, um, virtue signaling uh, political agenda that um, you know, um, and it's taking you away from your your purpose. Um, and you know, it's very difficult. You, you wouldn't want to do business, or you wouldn't want to um, associate yourself with organisations like that because you think they're they're you know, mental. They're, it's just not trustworthy because they're not they're not doing what their intended purpose is for, what they're set up for. Yeah, but they are diverse and progressive. Well, they are, yeah. I mean, you know you know that person's pronouns. See, I didn't know my pilot's pronouns last time I got on a plane. I mean, how unprogressive was that? What army? What enemy, <laughs> what army? Force, US army. <laughs> what enemy force of America <laughs> isn't going to start shaking at the knees the second they see an entire battalion they're of this person? They're not going on deployment. <laughs> They've got oh, hormones yeah. to take. They're <laughs> yeah, non-deployable. Uh, anyway, we'll leave that there. But, um, I mean, she'd look like she had a hard, had a, have a hard time being deployed up a flight of stairs, <laughs> at the top of a flight of stairs. She'd look like she'd be she'd be retiring from action. So anyway, thing, things are about to start getting really, really uh, more progressive and uh, possibly quite dangerous. But <laughs> good luck out there, folks. Yes, things are getting progressively worse. Yes. There we go. All right, let's move on to the next and last segment. So... We've obviously just covered how things are going to get worse and worse and worse for society as a whole because we are suffering from the... A brain worm? A brain worm, the incompetency crisis, the skills crisis, which is being deliberately manufactured. But let's talk about something which is quite funny again. Let's go back onto the happy news. Oh, good. Which, which is that the contradictions in the woke coalition just can't last. We've covered this a few times, but it's important to constantly reaffirm the fact that the actual groups of people that make up the woke coalition, the intersectional coalition, are a complete hodgepodge of nonsense of people who can't coexist with one another for obvious and clear reasons, but have only been put together because they can essentially form a voting block. It's nice to see the ties fraying, though, isn't it? Like it, it is. It'll be interesting to see how the regime attempts to bring everything back together because they will, and they are trying to, which is going to be the focus of this segment. Uh, Justin Trudeau's terrible attempts to bring the communities back together, but uh, as as I see it, it can't last for much longer, and it won't last for much longer. The only question for me is what happens afterwards. And on that subject, we've got a new article on the website that was released two days ago called "Political Homelessness" by John Tangney, where he's examining the state of Europe primarily. And the fact that um, a lot of people are politically homeless and the prospects for those people in the future, now that a lot of the parties are revealing themselves to be completely traitorous mm. to them. Because we've got it in, the, in Europe where we had the rise of the far right. We even covered it a little bit. The rise oh, of yeah. the far right, who totally then come amazing. in and then do leftist politics. Yeah. The same as they always do, because you cannot trust these people. But... One of, the, one of the biggest blocks of the woke coalition has always been the Muslim groups. Always been the Muslims mm -hmm. being brought into the country and asked to vote left, which you would think wouldn't come as natural to them as it does, primarily because a lot of them tend to have more socially conservative views, especially the way that we critique the countries that they come from. You would expect them to not just be voting right wing, but the hardest extremes of the right wing. But they don't. They don't. They come in, and I just found this image on Twitter, oh, yeah. which kind of sums it up. Vote Labour, just a big group of Muslim men voting Labour because, well, Labour may not support their social... Is that Naz Shah? 
It might be. Which? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. But they may not... Stay s- quiet for the sake of diversity, Harry. Yes, I will. And also, there's a token Baz. And the oh, to- yeah. second yeah. from second from yeah. right, I've just noticed there. Yeah. Say, is he like that guy from Four Lions? <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he is. Um, but yeah, m- Muslims overwhelmingly vote Labour. It's something like 90% in the last election or something. Well, the figures that I've got um, say 78% in the next link, but it's still mm. overwhelmingly the it's highest wild. percentage of them vote for Labour. And once again, with Labour supporting the kind of eco te- uh, eco politics they do and the social politics they do with the LGBT stuff, you would expect them not to be supported. But Hi, fellow Labour voters. Can we talk about transgenderism? <laughs> shall we talk about they trans- look very receptive to that, shall don't they? Mashallah, brother. Yeah. What about women's liberation? <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't expect them to, but that's one of the things that the woke coalition does is you get these political parties that have these gigantic contradictions, but then they just pay them off. Mm. Don't worry, mm. we'll make sure that you keep voting for us because what we'll do, we won't give you everything that you want, but we will make it illegal for people to criticize you. And also, say you they, don't want they, like uh, with Jess Phillips in Birmingham, they basically just will not do what the woke ones want. You know, mm. can we teach your kids, you know, woke transgenderism? They say, no. There you go. Just fill its backs down. The school takes it out of their curriculum. And so the Muslim kids get to have a Muslim education and our kids get to be brainwashed. In the middle of England. Yeah. This is just what everybody wants. <laughs> just what Alfred the Great fought for. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll do everything. And I think one of the other things they do is they just don't police these neighborhoods as well. No, no which is how you end up with the scandals that we've ended up with over the past few years. And just to say what I was talking about a moment ago. So um, as I said, the vote from the last one, from the last 2019 election, if I scroll down, most of them vote Labour. I'll get the details here. Our results show that 78% of Muslim voters opted for Labour in the 2019 general election. However, this drops to 38%. So this is where some of the phrases are starting to show. When asked about their voting habits, should a general election occur tomorrow? Keir Starmer's party are at risk of losing 55% of their regular Muslim vote. Now, it's important to point out. Yeah, look at that. In, eight, in 2017, 87% voted yeah. Labour. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is wild. Ridiculous. Wow. Now, this report from the muslimcensus.co.uk, which is a website that you wouldn't expect to have to exist for the UK, but does. Apparently, there's enough of them to have a census. Uh, points out that there's only 4.4% of the population but they do have a considerable impact on the political system. Now, this was from, if I scroll back up to the top of the article, I think this was from 2020, yeah, 2022. So figures will have changed since then because what they're mainly talking about here is the fact that the Labour Party has not promised to keep making more and more things Islamophobic and therefore illegal. And so the Muslims may not choose... Not voting for you then. Yeah, well, I'm not go- if you're not going to make it literally illegal to say anything negative about me, then I'm not going to vote for you. Now, this could mean that, you know, perhaps they'll end up going over to conservatives, at which point the conservatives, being the good leftists they are, will make things even more illegal uh, if they're considered Islamophobic. But the solution generally, no matter which side of the aisle these voters fall on, despite conservatives will just make them judges. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Despite making them such a small percentage of the population, they do have considerable impact on the political system, which will mean that conservatives and Labour will just start to offer them more benefits over and over again. In America, it's quite interesting as well that fully two-thirds of US Muslims identify identify with or lean toward the Democratic Party, 66%. Far fewer say they're Republican or lean Republican, which is 13%. So that's a massive disparity right there. Muslims are also far less likely than other Americans to describe themselves as ideological conservatives, probably because conservative means something 
very different in America as well. And even then, why would they? Yes. We're, just, we've just moved to this country. Now, I'm not really a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> just one in five Muslims, 21%, describe their political views as very conservative compared with all conservative at all, compared with 36% of the public overall. Greater share of them describe themselves as politically moderate, which, as you mentioned, is probably just because, well, I've just got here. Yeah. I don't care. Who's offering me things? But I mean, Who's like, going if you, to give me free money? If you were to actually ask them on a case-by-case basis, like right, Republicans are in favor of women's rights. How do you feel about that, Mister Ahmed? He's probably like, well, I'm not one of them. <laughs> you know? What are the Democrats offering me? The same thing, but they'll give you free money. But transgender, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I'm voting for them then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today, about half of the U.S. Muslims say homosexuality should be accepted by society, which was 52 percent. Only half. I know this is like only half. This is. I mean, I was shocked when I saw that figure, but. Once again, this is back in 2017. Yeah, but there's, there, so there's yeah. a self-selection bias, right? So if you're a sort of more moderate and progressive Muslim, you're living in some country, there's Sharia law, and you're, you're sick of watching gays being executed by the state. You're like, right, I'm going to leave, I'm going to go to America. So you'd think that almost all of them would be in, in favor of Westernism in mm. some way, but half of them are like, yeah, I'm not in favor of gays. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you would imagine That's mad. You'd imagine the selection bias, but there will also be the ones going, oh, they just give us free money. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. well, great. I'll go over there then. But it's just mental. Well, half of them are just not in favor of it. I mean, once I was surprised when it was that many, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, but yeah, these people, they'll come over for benefits, economic tourism, you could argue. And um, then we've covered, as I mentioned, that this is back in 2017. So things will have changed since then because the woke mm-hmm. agenda is ramped up and ramped mm-hmm. up and ramped up and ramped up. And less and less attention has been brought towards persecuting people for being critical of Muslims in the West as they are for criticizing people for being not in favor of the gay agenda, the LGBT stuff, especially being pushed on the kids. So things have been changing, specifically in Canada as well, which we covered going on in here, which was a few weeks ago. The Muslim woke alliance is over where somehow the fraying ties of Christians and Muslims decided to put all of their differences aside for one joyful afternoon and team up so that they could scream, leave our kids alone. Stop perverting children. Yes, stop perverting our children in Canada. And if I go to this article as well, it has more information on such subjects where it says, an estimated 79% of eligible Muslim Canadians showed up to vote in 2015, nearly doubled the turnout from the previous federal election in 2011. The victorious Liberal Party was the clear beneficiary of this pilgrimage to the polls, winning the support of over 6 in 10 Muslim voters. Conversely, support for the Conservative Party among Muslims tumbled into low single digits, but the Conservative Party may finally be at the precipice of a long-desired rapprochement with Muslim Canadians. Just last week, elite audio recording of an Edmonton junior junior high school teacher berating a Muslim student, apparently for skipping class to avoid pride events, was leaked, and that's what led to that particular protest. Because you start to hear recordings of insufferable woke feminists screeching at your children because they decided, I don't want to go into school so I can get brainwashed today because it was all the pride events on that day. Then you're going to show up and go, please stop doing that. Just I don't demand like that. that Muhammad accept the pronouns. I don't think that that's how they go with these things somehow. <laughs> and uh, then Trudeau showed up to do his typical thing, which is that go, this is all the right's fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the Muslims were very progressive until the American right wing turned up. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, very, <laughs> it's very shocking how he always does this. It, this is his one go-to uh, like trick that works every single time. Whenever anything goes wrong for his administration, is just turn around and say, the right did it. 
Yeah. The right did it. The Muslims, like you say, they were all just happy in their progressive bubble until the right showed up and whispered in their ear, I hate the gays. You should hate the gays too. <laughs> and then they were just convinced. The video was released. It was uh, filmed by what appeared to be somebody in some school meeting that Trudeau showed up to, strangely. Uh, Trudeau speaking with the Muslim community last week at a Calgary mosque, Fight and Nur mosque, after hundreds of protesters railed against gender ideology in schools chanting, leave our kids alone. He went on to claim that right-wing forces were driving a wedge between the Muslim community. This is hurting the fabric of respect and openness that allows Canada to be one of the places where we support and defend the Muslim community more than just about any other Western, uh, Western Canadian. If you look at the various curriculums, there's not aggressive teaching or conversion of kids into being LGBT. That's something that's being weaponized people of the far right who have consistently stood against Muslim rights, he said. But they are weaponizing the issue of LGBT, which is something that, yes, Islam has strong opinions on. I love how he's couching everything. Yeah. Mm. How, how yeah. timid he is. He's, he, uh, sorry, is this all a quote from him? This is all a quote from him. <laughs> okay, this is wild. It's very awkward. Yeah. In the same way that the religious right in Canada, the Christian right has strong opinions against it as well. Oh, that Canadian religious right. Yeah, notorious. Yeah. They're using those fears to drive a wedge between the government that will always stand for all of your rights, just like I will always stand up for the rights of LGBT kids, including if they're LGBT Muslims, we're going to defend your rights, even when you disagree with us defending other people's rights. So what, That's an amazing quote. Th this is an amazing quote, right? I just want to spend a, se a few seconds on it, right? So there's not aggressive teaching or conversion of kids into being LGBT. Well, I disagree. <laughs> I, think I, I disagree as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've heard enough of the videos where the teacher's literally berating them saying, if you don't accept the pronouns, mm. you're out, right? Uh, this being weaponized by people, yeah, okay, rightly so. The far right who have consistently stood against Muslim rights. What's a Muslim right? What rights do Muslims have that I don't have? A right to mm. colonize your country. <laughs> but even, that, like, seriously, though, like, what is a Muslim right meant to be, right? But uh, And then, yeah, the, the religious right in Canada, which is just marching through the streets, I'm sure. Uh, but then at the end of it, he gets into, look, I don't even care, Muslims. I don't care when you disagree with me. I'm standing up for your rights, even though you don't agree. So shut up and let me trans your kids. Well, no, it's not even that. It's a complete admission at the end. Like, <clears throat> yeah, my politics make no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's completely <laughs> insane. I'm going to support your rights to hate my rights to defend rights that you hate. I have no <laughs> consistency in my brain for anything that I'm talking about. Mm. But I'm in power right now. And this will continue to keep me in power as long as you keep voting for me. So I'll do, literally, if you need me to get on my knees and mm. beg right now, I will do that if it means that you vote for me. That's, that's, that's what I... That's his great strength, isn't it? Is that he's very good at speaking with purpose despite the fact that he's got no purpose and no other agenda other than to, to uh, look after himself and yeah. very self-serving, <laughs> narcissistic individual. At least he didn't deliver the speech in blackface in Klaus Schwab's <laughs> <Yeah>. uniform. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, although I am surprised that in this particular image we've got up on screen right now, he's not bathed in evil red light like Joe Biden was that time. I'm surprised at the end of it he didn't say, if you don't like any of that, it's fine, I'll just freeze your bank accounts. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wouldn't do that because these are voters he actually cares about. <laughs> yeah, good point. They do need to stop yeah. getting photos of leftist politicians like this, though, because, yes, as much as it makes them look like evil dictators, it also makes them look far more cool and powerful and strong than they actually are. I guess. I mean, just st stop doing that. Get them when they're slumped, when they're hunching <laughs> over, when they've got a little bit of dribble coming down from the mouth. It can't be that hard with Joe Biden to get one of like that. 
And if you want the footage, it's there. Like you can see, um, if it just goes here a little bit for a bit a bit forward uh, after this woman announces it, it's just him just basically leaning in, whispering to these people. This is what, yeah, there he is, just saying, "Oh, th th here's my nonsense politics. I'm just going to explain all of my nonsense politics to you." I would never say this on stage, but yes, I make no sense whatsoever. And uh, what he's talking about, where you were saying, well, these people yeah. obviously are aggressively pushing this agenda in schools every single day. It seems that more and more there are clips coming out of people filming themselves or recording themselves being berated by teachers because every single time they have the LGBT pride days and such, what happens is all of the Muslim students, in this case, 600 out of this school, which was in a Northwood public school in Ontario, Windsor, 600 of the schools, 800 students stayed home. So what is that? A full three quarters of the students stayed home because yeah. they didn't want to get mm. berated with all of this rubbish for an entire day. Mm. And then you get recordings like this, where all of the, where the uh, teacher, if we scroll down through some of the choice quotes here, says, "I do not want to be part of this school. I'm so disgusted by what happened yesterday." Well, hang on a second, you're saying you're disgusted with Muslims and Islam? Mm. Yes, like that's what you're saying. Incredible admission. Like the the Muslims are like, look, we can't go to the LGBTQ pride because literally we'll burn in hell. So with our religious convictions make us stay home. You're like, that is just disgusting. How dare you? Yep. <laughs> the teacher also told the class her colleagues opted to plaster LGBTQ rainbows all over the school in response to significant abstenta uh, ab uh, abstentions on Pride Day. All the rainbows, this is the quote, all the rainbows you see around the school was because very few people came yesterday and the teachers are angry. Oh, that'll make them want to come yeah. back. So in spite <laughs> of the teenagers, just to spite the teenagers, the Muslim teenagers, the Muslim teenagers, you have decided to put up lots of rainbows around your school. These, the teachers are the children yes. in this situation. These teachers have the emotional maturity of a spoilt toddler. Why is it not enough for these people just to do their jobs? Why do they have to bring their, their own their own agenda into the classroom like this. It's they they consider pushing the agenda to be their job. They consider the idea that they, they literally form people's minds. They want to manipulate. They don't see it as manipulating, but they want to manipulate people's minds into this way of thinking. That is their job from where they see it. Oh, they're literally yeah. inches away from calling these Muslims heretics, aren't they? <laughs> you heathens! Yeah. Heathen <laughs> and uh, then... According to this, a uh, June 20th apology letter was sent to all of the families by the principal because he's like, we're sorry we called you. <laughs> we could, we're sorry you called the children <laughs> apostates. <laughs> that was wrong. Um, there are worse insults. And in the I'm, sure, I'm sure, but I wouldn't want to dare name them on here. Yeah, yeah. But, and uh, in, the, in the meantime, all the kids are leaving that school in numerate and illiterate. Um, <laughs> yeah, presumably so. Yeah. But at least they get to keep their culture and their heritage and their, their uh, family lives intact. So that's nice. So the Woke Coalition, as always, is just fraying at the seams, just about to fall apart. The only question I have is what's going to happen afterwards. And I can only hope that the conservatives all across the West don't all decide to turn around and go, ah, well, we can just do what you did better. Because that's what they will do. And with oh, that, yeah. let's get on to the video comments, shall we? Have we got them lined up, John? Excellent. Let's go on with these. Yeah, I, I did say that. Um, I was responding to the idea she has just stopped oil physiognomy for being young, not because uh, I mentioned right. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let's go to the. Uh... Oh, yep. I do apologize, Callum. It wasn't aimed at anyone in particular, but 
I'd already spent a half hour on the video. So damn it, I was going to upload it. I feel like I've missed something there. I also feel <laughs> like I've missed something, although I will say I'm glad that Callum said just stop oil physiognomy because I know exactly what he means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Today I am just out here enjoying some art. Hmm. On Tidal Blue Monochrome 1961. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is indeed blue. Very nice. On Tidal Pink Monochrome, though, is a complete letdown. That is not pink. That is red. I want my money back. Untitled white monochrome, though, is very nice. Very nice indeed. God, I really hate modern art. Two out of three ain't bad there. Only had one example of <laughs> <Yeah>. false advertising. <laughs> you, you had one job. <laughs> Just make it pink. But things, I remember being like 14, being taken to an art gallery, and like, you know, we were wandering around because we were kids. We didn't care, right? And that, so there was some, you know, old piece of art that were quite nice. People doing things, right? And then there was just literally this one where it was just someone had painted layer upon layer of paint, and so it was black except around the edges. You could see like the frayed bits of the, you know, where it hadn't quite fully painted. And and the teacher was like, "Yeah, isn't this great?" I was like, "No, mm. I do not respect this in any way, shape, or form." But it was better than the pink monochrome. <laughs> well, it's this this thing where you're supposed to. You're supposed to appreciate and respect the idea behind things, but I need to see things, ideas presented with some skill. I need to see some skill and uh, an ability in the presentation of, uh, of an idea. Um, that, that untitled pink monochrome, I mean, what's the theory behind that? We've subverted your expectations. You know, That's you were right, expecting pink, red. you got red, yeah. Ooh. yeah. I feel like we need John D here so he can aggressively explain to us why it's actually genius. Oh, God. I've man. seen him do that on Twitter. I'm when not having it. Not- <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> Let's move on. The Tidewater is the region responsible for the Anglo-Liberal Enlightenment values that made the Alliance of Colonies possible. Much like the British Empire assumed many peoples could work under a single framework, the Tidewater held the colonies together. This made the metaphorical Petri dish of America possible. This Petri dish took the portions of English, French, Scotch-Irish, German, and Dutch culture, freed it from the bonds of geography or ethnicity, then pit them against each other. How else could this have ended? America was the perfect place to breed the diseases that would end the West, all made possible by English Enlightenment principles that we built our country on. I mean, interesting. Any response? Yeah, my response is I was looking at that map like it was like a video game. I'm like, yeah, I could take Greater Appalachia and turn that into a, the Appalachian Empire. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> looking at things for a pure total warm frame. Yeah, 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 I was. Yeah, yeah. I, I respect it. As much as I want to share California news, and I do, I found my 4chan folder again, and I thought this would be a fun opportunity because for this one, I can say I was there. OP claimed to be a driver and security for Jeffrey Epstein. Pause and read it if you want. In the end, he said that he'd send out what he knew to the legacy media and he would end his life. The crazy thing about it, though, is that the next day when the news broke, Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Oh, that's interesting. I might have to skim Mm. through that. Yeah, yeah. Because I would love to read through that whole thing on here right now, but that was a lot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a lot of info to go through. With more and more conspiracies being proven to be reality, it's only a matter of time before the left starts gaslighting us. Blaming Trump for faulty vaccines? Saying right-wingers perpetuated the idea of global warming? Personally, 
I'm looking forward to them gaslighting us about Alex Jones' clockwork elves. So do you think the left will eventually be like, no, the, the right were always the real climate change advocates all along? Yeah, do you know what? That might be their only recourse after a while. <laughs> it might be, no, this has all worked out very badly. Just blame the other ones. Blame it on them. Well, pretend, the, pretend it was never anything to do with us in the first place. Like the COVID vaccine. They believed so like much. We told them so far, they'll believe this as well. That's, that um, is what they always go back on. I mean, Justin Trudeau is blaming Muslims not liking gays on the right wing. So eventually it will wrap back around to that, won't it? Mm. Do you want to read some comments? Uh, you can, yeah, I can do some. Yeah. Um, Le French Just Burn Oil says, Carl, does your device's battery come from California by any chance? I have no idea. It probably comes from China. Uh, I obviously forgot to plug it in uh, <laughs> <laughs> before the podcast. Uh, Base Ape says, I obviously disavow the sentiment, but I'm legitimately amazed. I've never seen a video of a Just Stop Oil protester being punched in the face. Please, nobody use violence against them. Allow me. <laughs> I'm shocked that you've never seen one either, Base State. I would expect you to have compilations of I th- them on I the channel. You, I thought you were going to have the one where the truck driver basically starts running one over. Um, I didn't find that one. I've no? not seen that one, no. Oh, I've just got it on repeat on my desktop. Um, <laughs> That's his screensaver now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few of those. They always make a meal of it, though. If there's there's a car just trying to inch its way through, they yeah. just kind of try and stick their arm under a wheel. And... Yeah, try and glue themselves to it yeah. as it's driving away. Yeah. Uh, John says, uh, do you see how quickly the police were to remove the uh, Just Stop Oil protesters when they tried to slow down the recent gay pride parade? Uh, at least we know the current intersectional, intersectional pecking order. I hadn't seen that, no. Yeah, they tried to they tried to invade a gay pride parade and uh, the police, well, removed them. Oh. Well, this uh, is right. the issue with the Met Police, isn't it? It's yeah. not about what's the what's the best policing that we could do in these circumstances. It's what's going to get us the best PR. What's going to make us get everyone off our back and stop calling us racist? And uh, and, and um, um, what's going to what's going to what's going to look best in the eyes of the the woke establishment? And, but I, uh, I just love it. It's like, look, you, you middle class white people. Um, there are a bunch of freaks with their dicks out here parading in front of children. You're not allowed to interrupt. I, you can interrupt normal people on their way to work. Thank you very much. Like, yeah. like you know, decent progressive people. Thank well, you. There's, there's, there's the reveal yeah. preferences every time. It's like, well, we desperately care about the environment and how we're all going to spontaneously combust in just a few months. But we don't want to stop people BDSM in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, George says, the police defending Just Stop Oil clowns is a reminder that they're not your friends and are there to defend the interests of the establishment rather than law and order. And it also shows you like where just stop oil come in the hierarchy, though you're saying like they're pushing on an open door. You know, all of these people are like, yeah, let's get to net zero, and just stop oil. Like, yeah, we need to get net zero faster. And here's some orange pain. It's like, who are you objecting to? No one objects to what you want. Uh, Stanley says, uh, just stop oil is the green imperialism manifestation. They think that they are the rebels, while the truth is they're doing, uh, in essence, what the invaders used to do. Energy is the most vital factor in development in developing countries. Like where I come from is the victim of these uh, stopping oil production narrative, the climate Islamist cult. Uh, they're a cult. They are not any different to, uh, they're not indifferent to flat earthers. Um, fair enough. Uh, Derek says, weather-covered maps red equals perfect weather to watch Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> Harry, I know you won't watch it no matter what the weather. You're not watching Oppenheimer. I am... I've said this on podcast the other day. I am totally and utterly drained and bored by Christopher Nolan's more recent <laughs> films. Right. I mean, for the love of God, that one that he did recently, the, mo- the one right before Oppenheimer, the one where it was all about 
time travel. Tenet. Such. Yeah. yeah, Tenet. The main character was called Protagonist. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. The main character was called Protagonist. And I just thought, Christopher Nolan, you have just lost any interest <laughs> I had in your career. was called Protagonist. Yes. Like... Was the villain called Antagonist? Maybe. I, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch it. That's because the main character was called protagonist. Yeah, well, he got a lot of license and a lot of leeway off the Batman films, didn't he, Christopher Nolan? But I think, I like I think people films. have run out of patience. I like the Batman films. <laughs> I enjoyed Interstellar. Yeah. I thought that uh, Memento's a classic. Prestige yeah. is probably the best one of his that I've seen. But yeah. after Interstellar, I just don't care anymore. Well, it's the three hours. It's three hours long. That's, that's instantly an alarm bell, isn't it? If yeah. you, can't, uh, yeah. you can't edit it down a little bit from three hours, then it feels like there might be a little bit of self-indulgence gone into this project. And uh, yeah. <laughs> just a smidge. <laughs> yeah. I still look really boring. Uh, Omar says, it would be more accurate to call Just Stop Oil, Just Start Genocide, since stopping oil uh, will kill hundreds of millions more than communism. Which is probably true. Yes, this mm. is very true. Uh, Screwtape Laser says, having managed retail stores in a diverse Californian city, I suggest they start the mathematics overhaul with teaching children how to read a clock. Oh, this is true, actually. Oh, yeah. A lot of people my age now can't read analog clocks anymore. <laughs> I find it... The decline horrifying. is real. I find it horrifying. <laughs> and 24-hour clocks as well. What? You say, what's 23? I mean, it's 23, isn't it? No, it's the 23rd hour of the day, you retards. It's 11 p.m. That's what it is. What's that? No! It's past your bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Just... uh, Sophie says, uh, hiring a diverse crew for that submarine went so well. No issues there. Nothing happened. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Weirdly, yeah. the, uh, the young lady they brought on to do things, she survived it because she didn't go down on the submarine. Well, no, of mm-hmm. course, she wasn't being put in risk, was she? No, no. Uh, Charles says, 2023, everything is racist except racism. <laughs> it's very inclusive racism. Baron from Warhawk says, uh, I don't understand why the recruiter is turning down white men joining the Air Force as the entire US military is suffering from a re- recruitment shortage. Uh, that's because the white men are white. That's, the, that's literally the reason. Yep. Omar says, uh, the left can't stop trying to jam the square peg of equity into the round hole that is what minorities actually want. Uh, you can give them unrivaled tuition, but if they don't want it, they'll never learn anything. If they want to learn, you can't stop them becoming the next Clarence Thomas or Thomas Sowell. Considering how counterproductive their efforts are, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a conspiracy to make sure there aren't any more of them. I mean, that is one of the major problems they have. Is It's like... How many people in these communities, like how many women are like, oh, I wish I was a, a pilot in the Air Force? I mean, how many white women yeah, exactly. want that? How many, exactly. how many women of any race want that? Most women just aren't interested in those sorts of things. That mm. is always the problem, which is that whether or not you want to talk about competency, let's just talk about desire in the first place. You're trying to force these people to do things that they just don't want to do. Mm. And, uh, but these people, they don't care about autonomy or individual choices or freedom of association or anything like that. Well, the quality of the services that are being provided when you get on the airplane. Well, that's it. There are some jobs that require such a high level of skill that you, you know, you've got to have a tremendous desire to want to go down that path to start off with. Yeah. So uh, you take on people just by making it so tempting they can't refuse and by, by making it easy for them to go down that road and by, by promising them a certain amount of money, you're going to end up with, with uh, dangerous mediocrity. Yeah, and it is, is literally going to be dangerous. It's going to be like that King, hmm. King Hospital. 
I mean, if it turns <laughs> out, if, if one day I need an operation and the best person to give that operation in the entire world is a black guy, I'm not going to turn my nose up at him. Okay. I'll go, go, will you make sure I don't die? Yeah. That's, okay, that's all I need. Just please don't let me die. Yeah. That's all I need. Well, the question is, is, is terminal treatment any worse than no treatment, which is what <laughs> most of us get at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, like, that's a great question. But like, I just, I can imagine at some point being, you know, falsely accused of something, and I'm sat in front of this judge, and this judge is a diversity high with a Twitter account. I'm just going like, oh, <laughs> I'm in so much trouble, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, anyway, uh, Jan says, I wonder how long, how long it's going to take until this madness reaches the rest of Europe. Uh, all the while, the calls for it can't happen here, are, and we we are going to do it right, and so on. I'm guessing that for Western Europe, probably a year or two, and then Eastern Europe via the EU directives uh, within the next five years. Uh, yeah, eventually Poland's going to be getting diversity hired judges. Right. No doubt. Heartbroken. I still can't believe the disappointment that I brought on myself looking into that story where I was like, yes, at least Poland's doing something right. No. And then you decided to snatch my dreams away from me. And say, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they took hundreds of thousands of immigrants. You know, what oh, do you want? Right. Yeah, Lord Nerevar says, it's always felt very unnatural for there to be an alliance between Muslims and the far left. It's obvious to an outsider that Muslims were only there because they saw the wokists as a subversive force that destabilized the Western nations they hate. Uh, now that they're attempting to bring the Muslims into the ideology itself, they're leaving them behind. Yeah, well, this is what I said this years ago. The Muslims are, are going to, obviously when you know the left are like, hey, we're going to give you loads of money and like ideological protection. Of course, you're going to side with that because why wouldn't you, right? Uh, but as soon as it's like right now, you have to believe what we believe. That's like, no, we're not having this, obviously. And also, he's, he's right to point out there that Muslims as a group, uh, one, aren't a single group, and yeah. two, have their own desires. They're a lot more autonomous than some of the other groups that make up the woke coalition because the yeah. woke, the, mm -hmm. the LGBTs, they just want it so that the government will just give them the space to be degenerates in public. Mm -hmm. The Muslims, they want a lot more than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Tomlinson says, punching a fascist is wrong all of a sudden. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, but, I mean, one, one of the things, though, I, I take it you've seen the weather maps on Twitter from the BBC, mm. where it's literally the, the darkest black, red, purple sort of, and it's just like, look, guys, I don't believe it, you know, and underneath in all the comments, like people from these areas, because Twitter is worldwide, and someone's like posting, it's like, it's 35 degrees here, it's really nice, what are you talking mm. about? Like, it's not 50 degrees and we're not on fire. Please stop this. Well, the problem is always that they put the actual numbers up as yeah. well. They don't just have it be the color so that you yeah. think that Europe has just set on fire. There's been wildfires that spread mm. across. So they put the numbers up so it's like 29 degrees, bright red. Well, they, so they, that's quite all right. They had one the other day where it's like 47 degrees in Sardinia. And then someone from Sardinia posted the BBC's local weather report being like, well, you're saying it's 33 degrees here <laughs> on your local weather report. Why are you doing this? You know, yeah. and and so it's just like, okay, I mean, it's just this non-stop train of propaganda. But I just, yeah. I don't believe any of it. You wonder what the next step and how they're going to ramp up the weather reports to make them even more uh, alarmist. And the weather report has come on and just the sort of uh, just their, their swimming, their swimming trunks and sunglasses and soaked in sweat or whatever sweat they can manufacture to make up the department. Up the studio, so they're yeah, all drenched, holding a fan to their face. And just, uh, yeah, guys, it's really serious this time. Just little fires breaking out just in the corner <laughs> of the smoke billowing across the across but, the screen this is another thing they're like oh you know you know that five thousand or ten thousand people died from from the heat this year so yeah but like a hundred thousand people died from the cold mm. you know like it, it actually you know which one 
Which one is worse? Um, anyway. Uh, or better, depending on your perspective. Well, yeah, depending on whether you run the NHS or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, create more spaces for diversity. Well, this yes. literally, literally, you know, if you've got something wrong, I, I hate the NHS these days. Uh, anyway, Sophie says, man, California is for such a rude awakening. It already is a horrible place in most areas, but the rich have managed to maintain their high living standard propped up by Silicon Valley and Hollywood. I'll stop you there because, I mean, I, I followed Seth Rogen on Twitter and he was like, look, getting your car broken into is just a part and parcel of living in Hollywood. Just oh, buy yeah, a new true. car, bro. Well, I mean, he can afford to buy a new yeah, car. Yeah, he can, but I can't. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley has been the firing spree since outsourcing jobs to other places and not just in California. Uh, Hollywood is under complete collapse. So if you think California is a hellhole now, give it another year. Yeah, man. I tell you, I mean, like uh, ne- next week, I'll probably talk about the writer's strike in Hollywood. And it's I, like, I've been seeing loads of headlines. So, oh, they're losing 600K a day. And I'm just like, yes, mm. yes. Ruin yourself. Get. I'm not going to swear. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate both sides of this argument. And mm. I just want them both to lose. Well, the, the actors are all sanctimonious yeah. idiots who oh, decide yeah. that just because of the fact that somebody can point a camera at them and they can play pretend for a designated amount of time that gives them a say in the rest of how the rest of us live yeah. and the writers are even worse because they're, they're writing the nonsense yeah. the, the rubbish that these people say yeah it's it's absolutely atrocious like I can't remember the last time I watched a Hollywood film it was probably Joker in 2019 that I actually enjoyed so it's been a good four years since I watched a Hollywood film that I enjoyed I don't know if was was The Northman a Hollywood production? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, it, you should. It was a fantastic film and it was very much outside of the Hollywood trends that right. go nowadays. I mean, the director, mm. Robert Eggers, he actually cares about the art that he produces. Oh, wow. And Imagine I would, that. I would actually call what he produces art. Other than that, uh, Banshees of Anishirin was not Hollywood, so that wouldn't count. That I'm was... looking forward to seeing the new Snow White film, to be honest. Oh, oh, there's yeah. no Prince Charming. <laughs> Snow White's a leader. And the dwarves are actually about dwarves, five, not dwarves. Well, yeah. Yeah. well yeah. there's one. They've got a total no, dwarf. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it Peter Dinklage? <laughs> Sadly not, because that would be perfect. I've said he's yeah. pulling up the stepladder behind him. He is. Him. He absolutely yeah. is. He's a very small-minded man. I think we're about out of time there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we're about out of time for all of that then. So uh, thank you all very much for watching. Andrew, is there anything you'd like to say before we sign off? I'm in Swindon tonight doing a stand-up comedy show at the Swindon Arts Centre. I, I did hope Lotus Seaters were going to come along, but it turns a out bunch, they're not going to be able to make it. A bunch of John's uh, going, the producer's going, a bunch of us are. It's just, <laughs> I personally can't. And I can't either. Oh, that's all right. I, well, you know, I, I, next time, <laughs> come along anytime. Uh, I'm in Swindon, you will. <laughs> he is worth going to. Swindon Arts Centre. I've got at least two seats that <laughs> you can buy tickets for. <laughs> been to every other show you've done in Swindon. I oh, know. <laughs> being guilty, Carl. <laughs> Bring the kids along. You can't. <laughs> No. There yeah. you go. Oh, okay. All right then. So don't bring your kids, but there will be two seats free. So uh, with that, thanks everybody for tuning in. We've been the Lotus Eaters. We'll be back on Monday at one o'clock. Enjoy your weekend and take care. <laughs>